talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. Doug Lamarice and Tyler Shoemaker, and we're doing it a day early. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We wanted to make sure we got this to you. Uh, there's a Thursday game in college football. There's a couple Friday games, so we normally do this Friday morning. Plus, nobody wants to record a podcast on Thanksgiving. So, Tyler Shoemaker, happy early Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you, Doug. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. Good to Good to be back this week. And my sound is better. So I apologize last week to everybody who had to fight through my weird sound. Uh, we got that straightened out. What are your Thanksgiving plans, Tishu? You going somewhere? You having people over? You just keeping it tight with the squad? What's up? Yep, just just our five here in in our house. We're um, you know going to do the the turkey and ham and you know all the all the good sides. So looking looking forward to that. Just having a day, you know, of no work, no no anything. Just hanging out with the family, play some games, and and just relax a little bit. And maybe sprinkle a little bit on a couple NFL games. Maybe the Egg Bowl, right? Have yep. anything of interest that might <laughs> make, make your a, fancy make a on money on Thanksgiving. Day. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, everybody likes that. So look, we're going to start off as we always do, talking about the Ohio State game, the betting angle on the Buckeyes. Um, we'll get into our Power Five picks, and then at the end, get into the weeds with where we're going to make some money on best bets and that kind of thing. And then Tyler has a really good tip of the week that he's going to pass along. And we always want to remind you that Tyler also writes this up at Cleveland.com/OSU. He'll have his write-up on Friday morning, so you can go look there if you want to double-check anything, double-check best bets, get a written explanation of what he's talking about. That's also always an option for you as well. Always like to get your numbers, Tyler. Seven and a half, Ohio State favored by in the game on Saturday. Uh, 56 and a half, the total we're looking at. There's an early betting line on big, gigantic games like this that books will put out something on Ohio State-Michigan that they don't do on you know, Michigan, Indiana, or Ohio State Rutgers, but they'll give you an Ohio State Michigan line a couple months ahead because they know people might want to bet it. And that was more like two scores for the past yeah. few weeks and months. And now it's more like one score. It's gone from like you double checked it for me, 12 to 14 in that range down to seven and a half. What do you think that's about? And what do you think about like a super early line on a specific game? three months out is that like a thing to actually bet or is that just hey i'm an ohio state fan hey i'm a michigan fan i'll slap a couple bucks on my team but it's not really a a strategy people should follow yeah it's it's interesting so the the first part of that as far um as far as the the ohio state michigan line and how that's moved um i mean that that's pretty much in line with with my numbers you know how they've trended over the last month because uh, you know, earlier in the season, I, I did have Ohio State as as about a two touchdown favorite in this game. Uh, now I'm down to eight. So uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much in line with the market. So it it opened at ten earlier this week. Immediately took uh, heavy Michigan money. And it, if you follow me on Twitter, I kind of forecasted this a little bit. I said I think the books are going to open high, especially given the Blake Quorum uncertainty because he's such a big part of what Michigan does. I think they're going to open high to give themselves some Michigan money coming in. The line's going to go down. Um, in my opinion, I, th- I think this line's going to probably stay around seven, seven and a half all week. And in my opinion, Ohio State's going to cover that. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, as, as far as the total in this game, 56 and a half, it's still continuing to go down. Um, a lot of pe- a lot of money on the under right now. My numbers actually like the over. Uh, I'm actually more uh, at around 63 and a half in this game, so I'm like a full touchdown higher than the than the over under right now. So 
So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. And then the, the to answer the second so, part of your question, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. As far as as far as like looking ahead at these game of the year lines, it is something that I did. So in the summer, uh, or right before the season, when I put out kind of my initial ratings, I did look at, at some of those, and I kind of off to the side tracked tracked some of those just to see like what the line would be at the time of the game. And it's it is kind of wild how how lines shift, you know, throughout the course of of the season. I mean, we're talking like touchdowns. Yeah, it's I, I hope if you're an Ohio State fan, I hope you didn't put too much on Ohio State minus 14 a couple months ago when now here we are the week of the game and you can get it at seven and a half. So um, the total for this game, I like the over on this also. I'm looking at oddshark.com where they have some historical figures and that kind of thing. They say that the Ohio State Michigan game has gone over the total eight straight games. So wow, again, sometimes that. you're just you're just you're just betting on laundry, but I I do think maybe you can find trends in that. That Jim Harbaugh's been around long enough. Ryan Day's been around long enough. There's some reputational stuff maybe with the Big Ten with weather expectations, where maybe the number winds up a little bit lower than it should be. And now, listen, when Ryan Day and Ohio State are dropping fifty and sixty on Michigan, you're going over, right? So that's part of that too. They had a couple games there, but I thought. That was interesting to me because I was leaning towards the over anyway, and that's a little bit of a historical thing. That that feels like a historical thing, Tishu, that maybe would matter to me a little bit in trying to assess this game. Yeah, I, I think it would matter. I think anytime you're talking about you know the same coach, and in in Ohio State's case, it's you know a lot of Ryan Day and then and then a little Urban Meyer in that as well. But you know it's the same type of program, so I think it is relevant. But I mean, this this 56 and I'm, you know, I'm tracking like where the sharp books are because they generally will move first as they take the sharp money. And then, you know, the FanDuel's and the DraftKings of the world kind of follow suit uh, on that. So I, I'm always monitoring the sharp books and and the sharp books are already going down to 56 on this. Um, so I, I don't know where this is going to close. It, it just keeps plummeting down. I'm not sure why the forecast doesn't look that bad. Um, so. Again, my, my numbers disagree with that line move. My my numbers are, are on the over. I mean, when you're talking 56, so, you know, that's essentially like a 28-27 game, you know, because they can't tie. So I I have a hard time believing that neither team gets in the 30s here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those, the Ohio State defense is much better than a year ago. And then Michigan statistically is a very highly ranked defense, but what kind of competition has it been against? They haven't seen a quarterback like C.J. Stroud you know, if Ohio State like just takes Michigan apart and completely shuts them down, I don't know that the Buckeyes are going to get to 56 on their own. I think Michigan's going to have to do a little something, but yep. I think they will. So I think the over here might be the thing that I like the best. I do think you have a chance to win two ways on betting the spread on this, which is, you know, we had a, a, a bet a couple weeks ago with Trivia and Henderson uh, scoring a touchdown. Where we were talking about things like, hey, he's the kind of guy who can break something. In that game, it felt like he's the kind of guy they might want to get him touches near the goal line, right? You can see two different ways to it. I think seven and a half to me, if Blake Corum can't play or is not himself at all, and if Donovan Edwards is still limited at all, and the, and Michigan is potentially down to a freshman running back as its primary ball carrier, Michigan's in a lot of trouble. And I think in that world, Ohio State winning by two scores is very, very, very realistic, 
And then I think there's a world where Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards play, and I just kind of – this is the thing I keep saying on every podcast. I kind of like how the pieces fit together for Ohio State in this game, what they do well versus what Michigan does well. I think the Jim Knowles edition changes the equation on what you think Michigan's going to be able to do against Ohio State. I think it's rather reasonable for it to be a competitive game where Ohio State's better, but it's competitive, and they win by two scores. You know, I, I don't think Ohio State's going to blow them off the table, but like the the Quorum Edwards uncertainty would really lead me to want to hit this seven and a half now, because I don't know if we get closer to kickoff and and people start thinking like, oh man, like they're not going to play. I don't know what it would do to this number. They seem so important to what they want to do. It's the two guys that make their main thing go, but I wouldn't be afraid of betting Ohio State giving seven and a half if they do play. Because I think there are very reasonable things there. So this is about, you said about it, your number, you had it at eight. Yep. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a bet that Ohio State fans could make with some degree of confidence, maybe. Yep. And, you know, before you pause the the podcast right now and run and, and place your bet on DraftKings, hold on to the end of the podcast because my, my betting tip of the week is going to kind of tie into this concept of when you have a favorite that you like that's at seven and a half you know, and not on that nice, clean key number of seven. So we're, we're going to talk about that a little later on. And I, I think that, you know, maybe help will help guide your decision on, on how to bet this game if you decide to. It is tough. The last eight games in the rivalry, there have been two upsets where the underdog has won. Ohio State won as an underdog, on, underdog in 2018. And then, of course, Michigan last year. For the other six games, uh, the underdog covered. Right? Do you say cover for the underdog or cover for the favorite? I gotta say yeah, the right either. betting part. Either, yeah, no, no, that, either. that's oh, right. either. Yeah, either, either yeah, way. Okay. Yeah. No, I've, I've been hosting this with you all season. I understand <laughs> betting parlance. So six of the six of the last eight games, you win on the underdog. So there is part of this that there's like some of me is like, well, I don't know. Like the the thing that I want to ask about Tishu is that in rivalry games, right, where numbers, 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 the algorithm, all that. We do. I do think intangibles matter in rivalry games more than they matter in typical games. Now, there's all kinds of things that do matter from an intangible standpoint when it comes to teenagers playing football. But I, there is part of me that would wonder, well, it's a rivalry game, you know, not the complete cliche of throw out the records and that kind of thing. But do you think, and maybe there's, I mean, this is the kind of thing that could be an off-season project for somebody again. Do you think rivalry games are closer? Like, it's like, hey, whatever the number is, like, these games are close because they hate each other and they fight tooth and nail. And so, again, if you bet the underdog the last eight years in Ohio State, Michigan, you're six and two. And here I am saying it makes a lot of sense to me to give the points in Ohio State. Is a rivalry game betting betting it any different than any other game in your mind? I, th- I think it is different. Now, as far as is it closer, I would be interested to dive into that and, and just kind of go back and look at the data and see. Uh, I don't have a, a strong opinion on that either way necessarily, but I do think you have in in rivalry games in particular. I do think you have to, of course, like I, I'm always going to consider the number that's like my religion and betting. But in these games in particular, I do feel like you have to weigh the intangible, the motivational stuff more than you do in normal games uh which which again i will get to when, when we do our conference picks and my best bets i've got got a, a a ton of of rivalry uh kind of underdogs here that that i'm gonna talk about but no i, I definitely think you look at it at it differently so like last year you would have looked at this like well michigan hasn't beaten ohio state in 10 years like 
it's in Ann Arbor. If they don't do it now with, you know, CJ was in his first year starting, like when are they, you know, then they're probably, they're probably at that point you'd have said, well, they're probably not going to win in 22 in Columbus with a second year CJ Stroud. So then you're looking at 23. So you probably would have been on, on Michigan with, with that logic last year. I unfortunately wasn't. And, you know, financially <laughs> uh, lost from it, but, but this year, the motivational intangible stuff, I think lies on Ohio state side because they have dominated the rivalry for so long and then got punched in the mouth last year and have had to hear, you know, literally have had their quote toughness questioned every week since then. And I, so I think the intangible stuff here favors Ohio state. So you know, my number is a little bit over the seven and a half, but I think the intangible stuff would, you know, really put more weight behind that. And again, we're going to talk about buying half points. The idea of you could get it down to, um, we're only given seven for Ohio State could potentially seem very yeah. attractive, as you already teased. Just a little research against the number, right? Good coaches win, great coaches cover. Jim Tressel, seven and three against the number in the rivalry, nine and one on the field, seven and three in the betting line. Urban Meyer, seven and zero, only three and four against the number. Ryan Day's one and one. Jim Harbaugh's three and three. So that's not really telling you uh, anything either way. Uh, in the end, you know, I, I I could imagine, you know, people listen to this if you you want to bet the Buckeyes with your heart a little bit, but you don't want to let your heart make your head and your wallet lose money. I could see an Ohio State minus seven and a half, or maybe buying the half point parlayed with the over. I I, I think you can. You can find something a little bit juicy there, so I, I could see that as uh, as a reasonable football bet beyond the bet with your heart in this game. But Tishu, what is your actual Ohio State bet of the week when it comes to this? And I did not. It's busy Ohio State Michigan week. Plus, it was my wife's birthday. Plus, it's Thanksgiving. I actually did not take a glance at the first quarter total for this one. I'm I'm actually curious what it is, even if it's not what you're betting. So it it is what I'm betting. We lost. Yeah, we lost last week because you know, it, you know, I blame Nathan for us losing that because yes. as soon as Ohio, as soon as Ohio State went down and scored, he texted me, you know, just like the money bag emoji, and I'm like, Nathan, you you just jinxed it. Now now we're for sure gonna lose, and we did. Uh, I still, you know, we were bound to lose at some point, which I tweeted that, you know, with the understanding that you know my followers are our podcast listeners. But then that found its way to Ohio State Twitter, and people were like, "You think we're we're going to lose the game in the first quarter?" <laughs> so I had to delete the oh tweet God. because it, my mentions just turned into a dumpster fire because people took it as me saying Ohio State was going to lose to Maryland. Um, but we are going back to the first quarter over the line. So the interesting thing, at some books the line is thirteen or thirteen and a half. I found one book FanDuel had it at ten and a half. To me. I think 13 is probably the more widely available number. So that's what we'll, we'll call it at um, because I, I don't know that everyone can get the 10 and a half. And frankly, there's not a ton of difference between 10 and a half and 13 in a, in a first quarter number, just because of the way, you know, the points are scored. So, uh, but, but we'll say we're going to, we're going to take the over 13 in the first quarter. I will say there is a huge difference here, I think, between 13 and 13 and a half because yep. of the moody factor, which yep. is Michigan is not good at cashing in touchdowns in the red zone. They kick a bunch of field goals. And if you want to tell me the first quarter score is going to be seven to six Ohio State, that sounds potentially very realistic to me. Right. I don't know. Yep. I, I could see Michigan marching enough 
to kick field goals, and then you're going to be banging your head against the wall at 13 and a half. So get that 13 or buy the half point on the first quarter total if you have to. I, I would. The red zone thing is real for Michigan, and they're yep. very happy with field goals. I think and keep it close. So just be careful. Be careful of 13 and a half here. But I I would bet conf I would bet 13 with confidence. I think this is a good one, tissue. Yeah, and and in terms of like I said, my number likes the over for the whole game as well. And I think that I think your point about the the parlay, the the correlation between Ohio State and the over is a good point because if you think Ohio State's going to win this game, I think the game almost has to go over. I, I don't think Ohio State wins a 21 to you know I don't think I don't think they're going to win a Notre Dame type game of 21 to 10. I think if Ohio State wins it's more like 35-28, you know, something like that. And yeah. I think if but if you think, you know, if you're not feeling so great about Ohio State and you think Michigan might win, Michigan could win a 24-21 game or, or something like that. So I do think there is correlation between Ohio State and the over and Michigan and the under. Yeah. And bet your game script here. This is your a game script that can lead you to a parlay. So Ohio State in the over, or it's Michigan in the under. You know, I don't I, it, go in the opposite way on either of those two. Doesn't make any sense to me. So, yep. um, I think that's right. I like the first quarter bet. That's looking at the game from a betting perspective, which is what we always want to do when it comes to the Buckeyes. When we come back, it's rivalry week. A bunch of other places too. We'll make our picks in the Power Five conferences next on betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice back with Tyler Shoemaker. T-Shoe, I, I like was paying attention last week on my bets, and then I got busy, and I forgot to double-check, and I thought I went 0-5 last week. I was like, oh. And then I double-checked. I went 2-3. and three. It was the happiest 2-3 and three of my entire life. I can't believe it. I had Wake Forest minus 9.5. They won by 10. I thought I screwed up the Tennessee bet because I was talking about, like, hey, Tennessee, they got to impress people. Then they lost, but I took the over in that game. The over Nailed crushed. It. Nailed it. So yep. it is... It's a reminder sometimes of like, if you really think there's something, maybe just bet the total because you might back into a win. I did not think South Carolina was going to blow Tennessee out, but I still won because I thought Tennessee was going to blow South Carolina out. So if I had bet Tennessee, I would have been a big fat loser. Instead, I still won that. So two and three, very excited, very thankful on this Thanksgiving day for my two and three a week ago. How'd you do last week on your power five bets? Yeah, I I was also two and three and... Again, this is one of those weeks where I I honestly don't even remember who I had because I was so ecstatic that we finally swept best bets that that that's where my my attention and focus was. So I I do know that I was two and three. I tracked that I was two and three on the on the conference picks. Best bets swept three and zero oh last week. Um, and really, I don't think we really had any super sweaty ones. I think I think they were all pretty pretty clean covers. Including the Northwestern Purdue game where you beat me head to head. No, that was yeah. not sweaty. T U L. It's not sweaty. You were good on that. Yeah, that, I mean that was that was probably oh. the, the closest one. So we're we're twenty and fourteen now in best bets. So that puts us like at fifty nine percent. So I mean that's we'll take that. You know, if we if we do that every year, we're we're going to be uh, in business. So let me just check my. I have a calculator. Do you have a calculator on your computer? Remember when you yep. used to have a calculator like out in the world and you had to put it in your hand. And it was such, and then I think Steve Jobs said, just put it right there on the old computer. So smart. I'm, I'm at a hot 41.8% on my, on my power five bets. So 41.8%. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I meant to say pretty bad. So on the opposite, I'm a 59% loser. 
So we're both 59%. You're 59% in your best bets winner in the power five picks. I'm a 59% loser, 23 and 32 on the year. But I put extra work into my picks this week. So you pick which conference to start in because people are here for you. I'm just the guy who gets in the way. Where do you want to start with our power five picks? All right, we're going to go. Let's let's start in the Pac-12. Washington State, Washington. This is at Washington State. I'm going to take Washington State on the money line. They're they're two they're two point underdogs. I'm going to take them on the money line because it, it makes more sense from a, a mathematical standpoint to take them on the money line at plus one ten as opposed to to taking the two points. Um, I, I I project Washington State as a three and a half point favorite here over Washington. My my numbers. I honestly went back and double checked. I went through game by game on Washington's schedule to make sure I hadn't screwed something up with my formula because everybody's so high on them. The committee's high on them. And then I start looking at their results and it's like, well, they've, they've squeaked by a lot of mediocre to bad teams. So like, yeah, they're, they're nine and two, but it's a, it's a very Clemson like nine and, you know, nine and two it's, it's uh not, not super impressive. So my, my numbers love Washington state way more than they do uh, Washington. So I, and I, I think this game's going to go under, which which plays to to Washington State's favor as well, um, and their defense is is in the top twenty in my ratings. And Michael Penix has kind of been turnover prone in these big games. I mean, he's he's kind of cost them. Um, so I, I'm going to take Washington State here on the money line. Michael Penix will turn your hair gray, baby. I think I've <laughs> lost on him both ways this year. When you think he's going to be turnover prone, he looks like the Heisman guy, and then when you think he's going to rip it up, he throws a killer pick that takes you out of your game. So good luck to Tishu in the Apple Cup. I'm going to go Oregon State, Oregon, and these are two kind of different teams. Oregon scores, Oregon State's more of a defensive team, but they've been scoring in the 30s lately. The, the, I'm going to take that over, and the total is 58 and a half. This season in taking out their games against FCS opponents, Oregon's gone over 58 and a half in eight of 10 games. Oregon State's gone over 58 and a half once. In 10 games, so it's like, what kind of game is, going to be, is it going to be? The two teams that Oregon did not go over against were Georgia, where they lost 49-3, to and that's Georgia, statistically the best defense in the country. And then Utah last week, they played this goofy 2017 game against, Oregon, uh, against Utah, barely won. Utah is the 24th-ranked defense in the country. Oregon State's 21st by the, what I was looking at with F-plus on Football Outsiders. The thing is, last week, Oregon and Utah combined for six turnovers, and Utah got stopped on downs three other times. So that's a game that, again, the final score was 2017. But both teams gave away scoring opportunities, and Oregon State has been scoring lately. They've been scoring in the 30s their last couple games. So I think 58.5 is a little low that... When Oregon's not playing like a really good defense, I th- I think they can get into the high 30s or 40s without much of a stretch. And I do think Oregon State's offense lately, I, th- I can see them getting into the 20s. So I just think it's more of an Oregon-style game than an Oregon State-style game, as long as the two teams don't combine for six turnovers like Oregon did in its game last week. So I feel pretty good about over the 58 and a half in uh, whatever they're, I think they used to call it the Civil War, and they don't have it anymore. So whatever they call the Oregon Oregon State rivalry, I'll go over that number. Is that does that sound bad to you? No, or my numbers love the under in the the Oregon Utah game last week, and I was too chicken to bet it because Oregon is a team that I just I I got burned early in the season multiple times, like betting their unders when they were having totals in the seventies, and I'm just I'm scared to death to bet an Oregon under. So 
I technically project this under, but I if I if I'm betting on any Oregon game, it would have it would have to be um, on a, on a total. It would have to be over. But I will say I thought you were going to take Oregon there, and I was I was about to do the the Grinch smile again because I, I got a best bet on this no. game coming up. Oh my God! No, 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 no! I don't trust anything about this. I think Jonathan Oregon State's had a great year. Jonathan Smith is getting something going uh, with the Beavers. I, I did not want to go anywhere near trying to figure out who's actually going to win that game. So I will take that over happily. Let's go to the ACC with pick number two, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to try to play the opposites here, like a, a rebound a little bit. I'm going to take North Carolina minus six and a half over North Carolina State. North Carolina upset last week, even after the game, Mac Brown called it a trap game. Lost to Georgia Tech. Listen, Georgia Tech's four and three under the interim coach. Georgia yep. Tech and Georgia Tech plays Georgia this week, which is like a little bit of an alert. Not that Georgia Tech's going to beat them, but Georgia Tech's is like, hey, you fired your coach, you stink. They've been competitive since they fired the coach. And so they jumped up and got North Carolina last week when North Carolina was probably looking ahead to the rivalry game with NC State, and they've already locked up a berth in the ACC championship. I think it's a bounce-back chance for North Carolina. North Carolina State's been playing this freshman quarterback the last three weeks since Devin Leary got hurt. They're 2-1 and one in those games, but they've scored 20, 30, and 22 in the two games. They lost to Boston College last week. I just don't think NC State's going to have much luck getting to much more than the mid-20s. And you're asking me if Drake May, who learned from his mistakes last week, is probably ticked. Can Drake May get North Carolina into the 30s in this game? And you're looking at like a a 34-27 win. I I could definitely see that. And I could see North Carolina's defense isn't very good. But again, this is a freshman quarterback for North Carolina State who's been playing really well. And they were forced to develop him early. I just, I'll, I'll take the... I'll take the mad quarterback who was getting Heisman talk and got humbled last week over the new guy who looks really good, but it's still a new guy. One score, again, that's it's not seven. It's only six and a half. Makes me like it even more. So I'll take North Carolina minus six and a half against the Wolfpack. I'm so surprised that you didn't go the other way there. And I don't want to spoil our upset alert this week, but I I agree oh with God. a lot of what you said, but I went I took it. I came to a different conclusion with kind of the same premise. <laughs> the conclusion oh, that North Carolina is a fraud. They're about to tank. They're falling off a cliff. They never are who we thought they were. More and so North Carolina state. Oh my God. More, more so, you know, because if they did, if they did feel like they had any chance at the playoff going into last week, they know that that's now dead. So now like their whole season just rides on the ACC championship. So I, I don't know how, I don't know how important this game is going to be to them. And you know, I would assume it's going to be very important to to Dave Doran and, and NC State. But uh, my it's embarrassing AC... to make the conference championship <laughs> game off two straight losses, right? It, yep. You don't want to limp in. That's embarrassing. Come on, Mac. Yep. Come on, Mac. Have a little pride, brother. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, Tar Heels. Suck it up. Okay. Great. Oh, oh, wait. Are we going head to head again? Thanksgiving week. Oh, oh, <laughs> rivalry week. What's the real rivalry? It's T shoes math yeah. versus Doug's butt. <laughs> oh, where'd you get that pick, I, Doug? Oh, I don't know. I will say I don't. I don't. I haven't actually tracked it, but I think I'm something like six and zero oh in, in the games that we're head to head this year. <laughs> I haven't actually tracked it. 
but it's something like, great. If somebody wants to go back and listen to every podcast and give us six more listens or whatever on the year I, to figure out the head-to-head, I can't believe you're taking North Carolina State with a freshman quarterback against Drake May. Oh, my God. I'm so dead. I'm so dead. Can I change my pick? I, I, oh will, my say that, I will say, though, Doug, in terms of the upset this week, like it was, it was really slim pickings. Like here late in the season, like a lot of tight spreads. You know, I'm trying to make it a touchdown. That was – that was one of the few options I had. So, um, but anyway, so my, my ACC pick, I'm going to take Duke plus three and a half against Wake Forest. Uh, I, you know, we've, we've been on Duke here on these picks several times. They've, they've come through, come through for us mo- most of the time. I project Wake minus two in this game. So there's not a ton of, of line value here, but I, you know, I, as I've been talking about now that we're late in the season, I do have like my recent power ratings that I look at off to the side, you know, to, to give me an idea of who's playing well lately and that number would have Duke minus eleven. So I, I think Duke's got a shot to win this game. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Duke plus the three and a half. They they've won three of their last four, and honestly, they should have won last week if it wasn't for a screwy uh, defensive touchdown for Pitt uh, in a game that Duke lost by two. Uh, and Wake Wake has lost three of their last four. So these teams are kind of trending opposite directions. So I'm, I'm gonna take take Duke uh, plus three and a half here. Duke is the new Rice. You really have been hitting on Duke. They, they, and they, they won ca- four or five times. I was at a sports bar during the, the fourth quarter of that game last week, and they got down two scores late. And I was like, well, that's it. And then they, because, because of a defensive score for Pitt, and then Duke scored a touchdown down 14, went for two and didn't get it. And I had them plus seven and a half. So they're down eight. And I'm like, well, done. And then they, they ended, up, uh, ended up covering for me, thankfully. <laughs> Tissue on a roll. Doug, not on a roll. What do you got in the Big 12? Because I have a bit of a crazy Big 12 pick here that I had to really talk myself into, but you go first. Uh, Big 12, uh, this is a game I've, I've already bet. I bet this on Sunday. I'm going to take Texas Tech, Oklahoma, under 64 and a half. Uh, I, I project this at 58. My recent projections would have it at 56 and a half. Uh, I, I think there's this perception of both of these teams that like they're this these high flying offenses because they've had a game or two each where they have put up you know 50s, but Oklahoma's only averaging 27 and a half over their last four games, and Texas Tech is only averaging 24 and a half over their last four games. So I, I think the perception doesn't quite match the actual body of work for these teams. Both of these offenses are ranked outside my top 30 in, in offensive rating, so I, I'm going to take the under 64 and a half here. All right, so I am betting the Iowa State-TCU game. And which side of that do you think I'm taking? <laughs> uh, I think you're going to take TCU. Okay. I'm I not. think you're going to go take against Iowa State. Really? You're going to back Matt Campbell with Iowa this game? State. Okay. I'm going to go with <laughs> Iowa State. So I saw it at 9.5 and, and I saw it at 10. I got to get it at 10. So you got to yep. shop until you get Iowa State plus 10. Do not take them at plus 9.5. This is the strangest season and the strangest game to end a season in a conference that you could ask for. TCU is undefeated. TCU is 8-0 in the Big 12. Iowa State is 1-7, and and it's a 10-point game, and it's at TCU. Can you imagine if you're talking about the first-place team? If if Ohio State was playing the last-place team in the Big 10 at home and the line was 10 you would it would be like, is this a misprint? Is it supposed to be a hundred? What is going on here? It's first place versus last place. First place is at home, and last place is only getting ten. And I'm taking last place with the ten. Here's why. 
TCU, eight wins in the Big 12 this year, seven of their eight wins by 10 points or fewer. Iowa State, seven losses in the Big 12 this year, six of their losses by seven points or fewer. Iowa State is one in seven. They have lost their seven games in the Big 12 by 7-3-1-3-14-6-4. and four. So I think this is relatively low scoring. I think people might be freaking out, like, is TCU blowing its playoff berth at home against Iowa State? And TCU wins, like, 20-13. to 13. So the instinct of, like, what? I'm, I'm going to bet the first place team and only have to give 10. And then I just looked at it, and my instinct was TCU. And I was like, go against the instinct. Both these teams play close games. I'll take the 10. And now I feel like a crazy person, but at least I did 30 seconds of research to back it up. Doug, welcome to the world of thinking like a sharp better, because that is exactly the the, the type of of rationale that that you should have in a game like this. So, yeah, I I agree with everything you said. My my number is seven and a half on this game. Uh, I, I think Iowa State covers. This game is like the perfect epitome of like the difference between rankings and ratings because rankings rely on win and, wins and losses and ratings kind of are how you played whether you won or lost and and that's that's this game like you said one and seven Iowa State and eight no TCU are only ten points apart in in a power rating situation because of the nature of the way they've won and lost those games so I I, I agree with everything you said oh, please let me win I'm gonna make it in my thank no I guess you can't. I'm thankful for the opportunity to bet on Iowa State only getting 10 against a team that's trying to make the college football playoff. I'm not going to ask to win. I'm just going to be thankful for the opportunity to think like a sharp better. All right. What's your SEC pick, Tishu? SEC, I'm going to take in the Florida-Florida State game, I'm going to take Florida State minus 9.5. I bet this on Sunday at at 8.5. I project it 12.5. Florida State is number one in my recent power ratings. They're playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Um, I think I think a lot of people kind of wrote them off, you know, after after early losses, especially after the the bad NC State loss that they have. But but since then they have been playing great. Uh, you know, and again, all these metrics are opponent adjusted. They've just been killing teams. Uh, so I, I I think they're going to kill kill Florida here. Um, I. I would take this any, anything ten or better here. Uh, so you, your book might have it at ten. I would take anything ten or or better. But if if it's ten and a half, I would stay away. Okay. And by recent power ratings, you mean the ones where you take only the most recent games yeah. into account, so, uh, like removing the last four yeah. or five so weeks. Re- yep, removing basically the first four or five weeks of the season. Um, so the last last couple of months of the of the season. That's uh, Florida State is is number one. They're like a, a tenth of a point ahead of Ohio State in that in that metric. It's amazing. Florida State and LSU both looks like such goofballs in week one, and like, look where they are now. Amazing. Yep. I credit to Brian Kelly and Mike Norville getting it done. All right. Uh, I talked about this earlier. I'm actually going to take Georgia Tech plus 36 and a half against Georgia in my SEC pick. Uh, Georgia, the last eight games, the only team they've beaten by more than 36 is Vanderbilt, which they who they beat by 55. Their other wins are by 17, 4, 32, 22, 14, 26, and 10. They only beat Kentucky 16 to 6 last week. Again, I sort of talked about Georgia Tech against North Carolina. One last week. They've been very competitive under the interim head coach. Um, 36 and a half just feels like a, 
a big number to me. Georgia could win this game very convincingly, 38 to 13. So, I, and sometimes when Georgia wins convincingly, like they don't score that much. So 36 and a half feels like a lot. I'll take it with Georgia Tech. What do you think of that tissue? Yeah, I, I think I think this goes back to our conversation earlier about, you know, do you look at rivalry games differently? And, and especially when a rivalry game is the last week of the season before the conference championships. And I, I think this is that exact scenario because I my number actually has has Georgia um, winning by by 42. But when you consider the non-data things that are, that are playing in here, like Georgia's already locked up their spot in the SEC championship. They're again, I mean, they're pretty much a lock for the playoff at this point. Georgia Tech has has been playing really well. If this game ended up like thirty-one to seventeen or thirty-one fourteen, like I would not be the least bit surprised. So, uh, uh, I that's the side I in my pick 'em. I'm I'm going to take Georgia Tech plus the points. Despite despite what my number says, I, I, just because of the the external stuff, I do think it's again very possible that Georgia has a convincing win where they don't even score thirty six. Like I, I, I yeah. think that's possible. That's kind of what they do sometimes too. So okay, um, those are our SEC picks, which leaves us with the Big Ten. What's your Big Ten pick this week, Tissue? I'm going to row the boat with Minnesota at plus three and a half against Wisconsin. Um, I would make this game Wisconsin minus one, so basically a, a toss up here. But again, looking at the at the recent performance, I would project it Minnesota minus three. I project this this total. Look, looking at their recent numbers, I would project this total at thirty two and a half. So it's just going to be a, an old school Big Ten slugfest. So I'm going to take the three and a half here. I especially like it getting the three and a half. I would still take it at three, but but the three and a half really, you know, in a game like this, that's probably going to be decided by a field goal one way or the other. Uh, I definitely like the three and a half. Okay. I'm also going to go the Big Ten West, and I'm going to bet against Iowa. I'm going to take Nebraska plus the ten and a half. Nebraska in eight Big Ten games, two wins, four losses by 10 points or fewer. The only, so they're, the only two games they've lost by, by more than 10 points in the Big Ten are to Michigan and Illinois. And I don't think Iowa is either of those teams. Nope. So the, I mean, again, the, the script on this, like how does Iowa win? It's like Iowa, I think, I think Iowa might win this game 16 to seven, right. Or 13 to four or something. So I, I do think Iowa's going to win. And I do think Iowa's going to go to the big 10 championship game, but it's on, it's a rivalry. It's an interim coach. It's a, it's a chance for Nebraska to, do something to have something positive in this season. And they have been competing. They almost beat Wisconsin last week. They lost by a point to Wisconsin last week. Mickey Joseph has them competing. And so it's all right there for Iowa. But I just think, again, and the half point makes me feel somewhat better again that if, you know, I I could definitely see a world like 24-14 and I win. So... Um, it's just Nebraska's been competing and, and Iowa, even though they're winning, it's still not that much of a dynamic offense. So I'll, I'm taking a lot of, again, these, this rivalry week, it's like I'm taking lesser teams who I'm taking the points, Yep. right? That it's like, it's I just, just maybe it's, it's closer than you think. So I'll take Nebraska plus 10 and a half against Iowa. Yep. And, and this, this is the prime example of when I talk about like how important the the number is on a game and not just like, Oh, I like this side. Like I just like Iowa or I just like Nebraska in this game. So for instance, I bet Iowa minus nine and a half on Sunday. 
But had that line been 10 and a half, I would take Nebraska plus 10 and a half. So like it's, it's that fine of a line that, that you walk in betting that the number, the number is just so important. So I getting it South of 10, I like Iowa getting it North of 10. I would like Nebraska and, and watch. Watch. You should t- get on it now. Try to middle it up, and then watch Iowa win twenty three thirteen, and we'll be talking about it for for a year. Man, TCU wins both ways. Um, okay, those are our picks in the Power Five. When we come back, best bets, upset alert, and a tidbit. We'll do it next. I'm betting the Buckeyes. Doug Maurice and Tyler Shoemaker. You can follow him on Twitter at Buckeye Tie twenty three, where he's still giving out uh, picks early in the week. Power ratings, tweeting out all that information. You want you want all the info. You want all the tissue you can get. Again, look for his piece describing all of this stuff. If you want to double-check anything, see the reasoning written out. That'll be on cleveland.com slash OSU on Friday. Tissue, the upset special, you teased it. Explain it. Why are you picking it? Yeah, I'm going to take NC State plus 200 on the money line. So we're getting two-to-one odds here on the money line against North Carolina I don't really know what North Carolina has to gain in this game just because again, any, like, I don't think they had any playoff hope going into last week, but they probably thought they did. And now that's gone. So now it's, it's literally just the, the ACC championship is, is all that's left for them to play for. I don't know how motivated they're going to be to win this game because it, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the season. And, and, you know, I could be, I could be wrong. I'm not in, you know, Chapel Hill, but I, I don't know that North Carolina NC state is like some crazy, crazy rivalry. I mean, it's not like North Carolina Duke basketball or something. So I don't know how much incentive they're going to, they're going to really have here. So I, I think, and, and Dave Doran is the type of coach and NC state's coach is the type of coach that has thrived as, as an underdog. And we, we talk about that a lot. So I, I think that's one of those external factors in, in rivalry week that, that is going to matter. So I, I'm going to take NC state at, at two to one here. Okay. Run out and bet it, everybody, because it seems like smart math, and also he's going head-to-head with me, so that locks it down. Well, I will have to go back. I, no, I'm not going to make anyone else do the research on this and go back and listen to me for 10 weeks of this, but I'll go back and double-check the head-to-head. Next year, we'll track it. Yeah, Head-to-head, I, I, the head-to-head there's, chart. There's been six or six or seven, and I, I don't think I've lost one. Maybe I just have selective memory, but I, I don't think I've lost one. You know what I'm thinking about, too? I, I don't think I've lost one. I don't know. It could be. Maybe I'm. Maybe I am. Maybe Doug's the expert here, and I'm Joe Schmo. (laughs) Nobody thinks that. Nobody has been fooled into that. All right. Let's do best bets. Where are you leading off here? Yeah. Again, for the second week in a row, uh, we're going all all power five here, which, you know, is a a changeup from where we've been all season. But I kind of teased this earlier. I'm going to take Oregon State plus three. I already bet this on Sunday at plus three and a half. I still like it at three. Uh, I project it basically a pick 'em. My recent numbers would would make Oregon State a three point favorite. They're at home. Oregon State's covered their last eleven home games, and also Bo Nix is banged up for Oregon. Uh, I don't know what his status is. I, I'm assuming he's playing, but I don't I don't know how healthy he is. So you know that that's not a make or break for me, but it is something to consider. You know, with my numbers telling me one thing, and you know the the trends support it, and that's that's just kind of a cherry on top. That like, hey, also Oregon's quarterback that was, you know, in the Heisman conversation a couple of weeks ago, you know, may not play or may not play at a hundred percent. So I think that's a factor. No, I like that. And again, I think that that's kind of thing with the Michigan situation again, right? It's like, well, I kind of like it anyway. 
I like the other side anyway. And then if we're adding in a super important player who might not be available or not be at full health, man, that's like a, that's an extra reason to hit that. So I think that's a smart bet. All right. What's number two for you? Number two, I'm going to take Kansas state minus 11 and a half. Uh, I project this Kansas state minus 16 recent numbers. Kansas Who's this state against min- again, by the way, this is Kansas, Kansas. My brain melted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Kansas just signed their coach to a big new deal. Lance Leipold, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. even care what happened to this game yeah, anymore. Th- this is going to be the, the Mel Tucker treatment. He, he got his big contract. Now they're going to suck. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think Kansas is going to – or I'm sorry. I think Kansas State is going to roll here. Uh, they're they're playing as well as anyone right now. They're, they're top 10 in my season-long power ratings. Spoiler, they're ahead of TCU, and I'm going to pick them to beat TCU next week. Just throwing that out there now. Uh, and they're top five in, in my recent power ratings. So Kansas State's playing great football right now. I, th- I think they're going to kill Kansas. Okay. That's our second bet. And before you make your third best bet, and I know that you said it's all power five, <laughs> I just want you to know that Rice is playing to get to six and six and potentially make a bowl for the first time in eight years. Rice is playing Texas San Antonio. UTSA is in first place in Conference USA. They're 7 0 no, in the conference. They're playing, they're playing North Texas. They played oh, UTSA last North week. Texas. Oh. I, I bet I bet UTSA oh, last Texas week last week good. against Rice. <laughs> what? And they, they, they killed them. So you get the So you get you just you 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 get the, the free swag from Rice and now you're like, eh, I'm abandoning you. T what matters more? Math or loyalty to random teams? Come on, man. Okay, they're not playing UTSA. They're it's a toss. North Texas is also good, though. It's a tough. Yep. North Texas is five and two in the conference. Rice is three and four. Rice is getting fourteen in that game, and it's at North Texas. I'm just making sure that you you can change if you. I know you have something you know, else already down, but if my, you want to take Rice <laughs> plus fourteen, you still can. My loyalty to Rice led me to leave them off the card this week because I. I'm still strongly considering betting North Texas minus the 14. Uh, and and I said the same thing last week about UTSA against Rice. I ended up betting it. Uh, I think it was minus 14 or 17. And they, I mean, they destroyed them. They, it was like 41 to seven or something. So uh, my out of respect for Rice, I didn't put them. I'm not going to put them through the public shaming of being on the podcast as a best bet, you know, on the other side and in, in the write up. So I left them off the card. Uh, I've, I've got a power five play instead. Oh, yeah. Rice outscored 86 to 17 the last two weeks. Okay. Well, sorry, Rice. All right. Anyway, what's what's the actual third best bet then? Actual third best bet is another team that we had a best bet on last week, uh, which is Louis. I'm going to take Louisville plus three. I bet this against Kentucky. I bet this on Sunday at plus four and a half. And this might end up closing under three. So definitely, um, you know, try to get that as, as quickly as you can. Uh, Louisville plus three. They're another team that's, that's okay. playing great, great football lately. They played without Malik Cunningham, their starting quarterback, which didn't get announced until 10 minutes before game time on Saturday. And I was furious because of these college football um, injury reports. But despite that, they still killed NC State and, and covered for us. So. Uh, I'm gonna gonna go back to the well with them. I I I project Louisville as a four point favorite. The recent power rating makes Louisville a sixteen point favorite. Kentucky's played like crap over the last month, uh, so I, I'm gonna gonna take Louisville here plus the points, and I I think they're gonna win the game. All right, 
those are our three best bets. And to wrap it up, like we always do, a little tidbit. Uh, and this might not be so little. This is going to be an explanation. And Tishu, you think this might become even more clear to people if they go read the piece on Friday. But you're going to give them a little taste of it now. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we always in- encourage you to, to read the write-up. But especially this week for this betting tip because th- there's a lot of math involved uh, to, to give you a deeper understanding. So I'm going to have some screenshots. I'm going to have it all written up. So it, it'll be much more digest, it, much more easily digested visually. Um, but to summarize, I've been playing around with, with an odds calculator to help me understand better when we should and should not buy a half point or a point in certain situations. And what I've found is that if you like an underdog and they're at plus two or plus two and a half, it is mathematically sound to buy the half point or point to get up to plus three. Also, if you like an underdog at plus six and a half or six, it also makes sense to buy the half point or point to get the full plus seven because that's such a key number. Uh, and just in terms of probability and the way the math works out, it makes more sense. And conversely, if you like a favorite, like for instance, this week, Ohio State's laying seven and a half. If you like Ohio State, instead of laying seven and a half at minus 110, pay the extra minus 10 and and bet Ohio State minus seven at minus 120 odds. Uh, and the same, you know, if, if that number was three and a half, you would you would buy it down to three. Um, the the math just works out that way. It makes more sense from a po- probability standpoint, and it's it's gonna it's gonna help you win more bets and and avoid those you know kind of gut punch losses where you lose by the half point because you didn't get the the key number. And, and I do think again when you're we're talking about the minus one ten, the minus one twenty, you're not gonna win quite as much, right? Are you gonna have to put a little more out there to try to get yep. the win? Minus one twenty, you have to bet twelve bucks to win ten. Minus 110, you have to bet 11 bucks to win 10. So if you want to bet 10 bucks, you have to bet a dollar more, but you're going to go from off a, off a key number to on a key number. And Tishu, yep. what you're saying is it's a, it's, a, it's a scooch bit more money, but the, the percent it increases your chances of winning That's right. is worth the little bit of money. That's the formula here that is making sense for people. Yep. So it, it's all about, you know, just the risk reward calculation and, and specifically on three, you know, getting on or off of three and seven, uh, it, it makes sense to do so. Now on the higher numbers, it, it does not make sense to do so. So, you know, if you like a favorite at, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, if you like an underdog at, at plus nine and a half, it does not make mathematical sense to buy up to the plus 10. Uh, you should, Either just let it ride or, or stay away and, and wait for a, a plus 10, either you know pregame or, or try to get it live. Okay, that's good. And I like how we're getting a little more sophisticated as we've gone this season because one of your first tidbits early in the season was just talking about key numbers, that yep. you want to look for 3 and 7 and 10 and things like that. Now we've gone from just looking for them to being proactive and making those numbers yourself and yep. being willing. When are you willing to pay the money to get there? And again, if you guys are doing online sports books or anything like that, you can go in. It's like it's either like an alternate line or it'll say buy points or things like that, right, where you can you can figure your way through in there. But again, if this is confusing to you, Friday morning, cleveland.com slash OSU. Tyler's going to spell it out even more because this is sort of like second step sports betting. First step is like, 
hey, I don't know. I like this team. Bet some money. And now it's like, well, because again, I think that's the second step here is first you got to figure out who you like, and then you got to figure out how you're going to bet them. And yep. often, Tissue, I have trouble with step one. But once you start getting a little better at step one, step two, and I think we've learned this from you, step two can really matter, which again yep. is why we've done so much with the first quarter totals with Ohio State. Because it's like, well, what do you like about Ohio State? Well, I think they have a high-powered offense. And I think that makes them a very good team. All right, well, how do you express that? Well, you can start trying to figure out what's in Ryan Day's head. When's he going to play the backups? Is something goofy going to happen? Or he can say, I think the result is this high-powered offense is going to score points in the first quarter. Yep. And it comes from the same point. I think Ohio State's good at offense. That's the conclusion that you've made. But now how? And Tishu, that how, that first quarter, that's a how. Buying half points and points, that's a how you bet, not a who you bet. But again, the how, that's the difference between making money and losing money, baby. And that's yep. And that and I mean ultimately at the end of the day, that's that's what we're here for. That's that's the name of the game. You know, we we want to help you win money. I like to win money. And and that's I was really excited when I when I came across this and it and was able to paint it out so black and white of like you should do this. When you see these numbers, you should be buying the point or buying the half point. So it, it's really exciting to me because I it's gonna give us a, a real edge, you know, in in the long term. Uh, moving forward with our bets. So I'm, I'm excited about it. All right. That's another good edition of betting the Buckeyes here on Buckeye Talk. This is dropping on Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving. Friday, the typical game preview podcast. Me, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means, also Aaron McMahon of M Live, the Michigan beat writer there, joins us for a half hour discussion about the Buckeyes. Nathan and Stephen and I go a full hearty hour talking about both sides of the ball. We make our picks on that one. Uh, and we also had a rapid fire dropping on Thursday, me and Nathan and Steven taking questions from our tech subscribers. So six podcasts so far. The seventh will be post-game after the game on Saturday. But for now, we hope you and your family and your friends have a great Thanksgiving. We're very appreciative that you guys have decided to give Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk a chance. And we are super appreciative of Tyler Shoemaker, all the work that you have done all season, everything you've done to make us a smarter, better. Like, we're almost there. January 1 in Ohio. That's when it's going to start happening, and we wanted to help sort of like get you guys prepared. We know there's a lot of listeners who are in states where it's already legal or have other ways to bet, but um, and it's, we're not going anywhere. I'm not like setting up for a goodbye. It's just like it's the end of the regular season, but we're going to keep doing. We're going to do stuff conference championship weekend. We're going to do stuff in bowl season, so Tissue's not going, not going anywhere, but Tissue, you're our teacher. And we're heading into a little break, so we want to say thanks to our gambling teacher. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know I, I appreciate all the listeners, all all the interaction on Twitter is is great. I love you know waking up and having having tweets or, or DMs of, of people asking me, okay, like, hey, what do you think about this? And you know I I appreciate that. I love the interaction. I love you know helping people feel smarter about what they're doing, and you know make it feel like they're not just throwing their money down the drain. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate all of you guys. And Doug, I, I've told you this many times off air, but I, I appreciate you for, for all you've done for me. Yeah, and I appreciate you for uh, letting a guy who's 23 and 32 in his picks this year be on a gambling show and uh, actually have it make sense. So uh, thanks as always. Another fun edition. We'll catch you guys after the game on Saturday for now. For Tyler Shoemaker, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. Mm-hmm.